Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, the Director of Music Ministries and your host for today. During these unprecedented days of physical distancing and leading online worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that share the challenges of producing online worship and finding ways to help those worshiping with us to stay engaged and feel connected, even from a distance. Today's episode will deal with Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent. This year, Ash Wednesday falls on February 17th, which, believe it or not, is just a couple of weeks away. We know many of you have questions about how to create meaningful services for Ash Wednesday and throughout Lent in the midst of a pandemic. We want to stay safe and care for each other while still meeting in some fashion as a community and taking part in experiential and meaningful worship. So with me today to discuss creative ways of leading Ash Wednesday service and engaging in the season of Lent are two of my favorite women in ministry, and they happen to be from Texas. I've had the opportunity to work with both of these women in the local church and annual conference settings, and I'm so pleased they're willing to be a part of the podcast today. I'd like to welcome Shelly Walters, who serves as the Director of Faith Development at St. John's United Methodist Church in Austin, Texas. She's been in ministry for 15 years in a variety of roles. After earning her MDiv at Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary, she interned with Dr. Marsha McPhee and continued as an associate with Worship Design Studio. Shelly has coordinated worship for conferences and led workshops in youth and intergenerational ministry and worship design. And also, let me welcome Reverend Lisa Strauss, who is a senior pastor of Buda UMC in Buda, Texas. She developed a love for worship planning while working as an associate pastor at United Parish of Brookline in Brookline, Massachusetts, Massachusetts and Westlake United Methodist Church in Austin, Texas, and that's where she and I work together. She has helped plan worship for the Rio, Texas Conference. In particular, Lisa enjoys designing and implementing new interactive worship experiences, as well as visual worship elements that assist worshipers embody and learn the themes and lessons of the worship service. Thank you both for being here. Well, so first, I want to ask you how you're doing with the pandemic. How are you coping at your churches? Are you meeting online only or in person or a hybrid? Everyone I talk to has a different answer, it seems. But knowing you, you beautiful women in ministry, I want to know how you're doing. So, Shelly, why don't you go first? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, how I'm doing, I don't know, how How are any of us really during this time? It is up and down. Um, there are weeks that feels like, all right, I can do this. And for me, when we've found uh, creative ways to do things, new ways to approach online worship for we just recorded our 47th Sunday mm. of online worship, 
Wow. Uh, you know, some weeks are fun and some weeks uh, it feels like slogging through and it feels lonely and tough. So, um, you know, there have been been good days and inspiring days and just plain hard days. Um, so have you been have you gone from online only to opening your doors back to online only or how's it worked for you all? We have not. We wanted to prioritize. Well, our sanctuary does not lend itself to social distancing well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and if uh, if we wanted people to to be in that sanctuary, we worship typically about 400 on a Sunday morning. And uh, with distancing, we could fit between 35 and 45 folks in the church at once. Um, and so that's that's tough. Uh, you know, our accessibility entrances and exits um, just don't lend itself to uh, to distancing well. So when we decided to go online, we knew that we needed to do it uh, for a long period of time and not if we were going to come back in person, we wanted to make that, you know, a very uh, long lasting decision. Um, so we have stayed online uh, for this is our 47th Sunday we just recorded. Wow. Uh, it's been wow. a it's been a thing. Well, thank you. What about you, Lisa? How are you doing? Well, Shelly and I were just saying earlier, uh, our churches are really not that far apart, probably maybe 20 miles, I would think. And so we're in a very similar position where we have uh, not been able to um, start in-person worship again. We've we've done a few things outside uh, very carefully um, and just have not tried to venture any further than that, given the the risk of our population, the constraints mm-hmm. of our physical space, mm-hmm. and um, a real a real decision on the base of the community that we um, we want to protect everyone. And we take that really seriously that John Wesley's first rule of do no harm, first mm-hmm. do no harm, um, it would it would, I think, be a real blow to our community if someone were to contract COVID from coming to church. Um, and so we've made that decision. And of course, people get tired and will question it. And then all it takes usually is a conversation and, and they flip right back. Of course, we're not going to open yet, you know? Right. Um, so, it, you know, I'm very grateful to the community for being supportive. And um, and on top of that, we've had the blessing of being able to reach people we never would have reached otherwise by being virtual. We're about to run uh, one of our membership classes. And so far, we have people registered from Oklahoma as well as San Francisco, California. So <laughs> a, a, along with the local area, but it's pretty fun. That That is awesome. Yeah, that's been one of the gifts is that we have been able to travel across the world and uh, being a part of different worship and, and different book studies. And uh, that that has been such a neat thing. Well, so I want to jump into talking about Ash Wednesday and, and what you all are thinking about that. So as we know, Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of the greater cycle of the liturgical calendar, the Christian year. The greater cycle is, of course, Lent, Easter, and Pentecost. Lent being the time of reflection, growing in our walk with Jesus and taking part in the uh, practice of spiritual disciplines. And this all begins with Ash Wednesday, where Christians gather for worship and that, and in that worship, there is always the imposition of ashes on our foreheads to remind us that we are made from dust and to dust we shall return and also reminds us to repent and believe the gospel. Those are some of the words that we hear at that time. 
Um, but we all know this Ash Wednesday is going to look very different from the ones in recent memory. And, you know, I, I started thinking to myself, can I recall some of the uh, Ash Wednesday services that, that I found most impactful for me? And I wondered about you all, because I think that's where we start is, is those services that stay in our memory. And then thinking about how do we help recreate some of that for our communities? So. Um, do you all have some some thoughts on some uh, Ash Wednesday services that for you were very meaningful? A number of years ago, I had the ability to plan a, an Ash Wednesday service um, with stations. And, and our goal at that point, one of our strong goals was to engage um, cross generations in, in together in the same activities and same spaces. And so we thought that that would be best achieved by using stations. Kids love doing something physical. And uh, so we created a service. I started by, by asking myself, what do we want people to walk away from this Ash Wednesday service with? And very typical, some of the things you mentioned, Diana, uh, confession, an adoption of a Lenten practice, uh, the ability to witness to others about their faith, and finally to seal it all with the imposition of ashes. And uh, in that service, we had the ability for people to write or draw using pencil. So it really wasn't visible to anyone else, their confession on a mm. blue strip of cloth. And when you use pencil, you can't see it. And that wasn't the point. And then later it was woven into a design um, for the, for the um, congregation. And, and then they went to another station where um, they decided what their Lenten practice would be, whether it was fasting or prayer or scripture reading, and they were invited to use Scrabble tiles to connect it to what the people before them had already adopted as a practice, sort of embodying that whole community aspect of we're doing this together, we're tied together in this activity. Uh, their witness station uh, that year, um, uh, Ash Wednesday happened to fall on uh, Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. So they wrote a Valentine's letter to someone they loved, telling them about their church and their faith. And they were invited to leave it there for us to send, or they could take it and send it. Uh, and I sent a number of those, so people <laughs> took it quite seriously. And then the final station was just the, the ability to sit and reflect on the Lent that was in front of them and what they wanted to take away from it. And once they had felt like they were in a position and ready to, to um, seal that, that promise, that vow, then they came to one of the pastors to receive the imposition of ashes. Mm. And so this year I've been trying to decide, given that we're not in person, how can I send this home, this service yeah. home to people if they want to engage it at home? Yeah, I guess, I mean, that's the question is how do you translate those very tactile um, types of, um, you know, ways to engage the in the service um, and and make it meaningful even now when we're we're on Zoom. So it's like, okay, do you use a whiteboard and and do um, you know different things on whiteboard that people can can access and write on it? So have you thought further about how to how to do some of those? We, we're working on it. I, I'm thinking the strips of cloth could be something that they return. And again, we knit or weave into something that that's a visual for people to see that's maybe behind us throughout the season of Lent and in worship when we're recording. 
Um, the Scrabble tiles is a little bit harder. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to work that one. Um, and we are doing a, a drive-through imposition of ashes where we'll use a, a cotton swab to apply. Everybody gets a new cotton swab and, and we're praying that that will be the, the best way. It's kind of the way we're doing communion right now to socially distance and offer that to people. Um, so yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen yeah. Lenten bags that, you know, people prepare in a in a paper bag, all the different mm-hmm. things that you might need. And you can come by the church and pick them up or or right. sometimes they're delivered and left on your doorstep. But I think that's another way of people engaging and having the the same materials to work with. And so that does make it feel like a community, even if we're not mm-hmm. in the same building. So Shelly, what about you? What are you thinking about? What are some creative ideas um, that you're working on? Well, it, it, and yeah, we're still really working on them and trying to, to figure out what's, what's going to, to meet our community where they are. I I have to say that when we first started planning Lent and first started talking about it, um, I was like, no, this is, (laughs) do we really have to enter into Lent this last 10 months has felt in so many ways like a Lent. Amen. Um, and so it's so hard to have that energy to go into this Lenten journey um, after, you know, going through the last 10 months that we've been through. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm moving past that and starting to, to get onto some creative ideas. But what what is beautiful about doing Lent right now that I have to remind myself is that rituals really are, um, are supposed to meet us where we are. Mm. And this is such a time for Lenten rituals to meet us really where we are. Um, and so that's, that's what we're really trying to focus on. Um, there's something about, you know, you, you asked, you know, is there a, a, an Ash Wednesday in the past that we can remember and, and I go back, youth ministry has been something that's been at the heart of my work for a long time. And I go back to thinking of the first time I really thought about the imposition of ashes when I was a teenager. And I remember thinking, um, I, you know, it was, I had acne and I was so awkward. And I was, as I put on my acolyte robe, I thought, you know, I, I felt like I was putting on a costume, like it was, it just felt not right. But Mm -hmm. when the ashes, you know, gritty went across my forehead, I thought if these, if this essentially this dirt can be a sacred ritual and Mm -hmm. something that's used in this holy way, then I can, with all of my flaws, um, I, I can be in this sacred work too. There was something about that that hit me um, and so that's something that I think is important for us to remember now. And it's a gift of uh, this, um, this ritual uh, and a gift of this symbol of ashes. Um, and I think that uh, I, I love the idea of, of gifting things to people and having the same materials. But I, I'm wondering if it's something that, that we um, you know, ask people to go into their own homes, into their own gardens, into um, even potted plants that they have and to grab dirt, um, mm. to grab dirt, to grab dust, to grab, uh, to grab something that they have because there's something about um, the ordinary and that connection that we have um, to the ordinary and intentionally having a, a ritual with that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one thing that we're thinking about. We're also thinking for um, for homebound folks. Uh, we have about forty, maybe fifty, um, who are homebound who who might really have trouble going into their uh, their gardens or you know their um, they're in places where asking them to go get dirt is not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but also asking them to put ashes on themselves. I was talking with a friend um, the other day and, and she said, you know, I can't, I can't imagine having my, giving my congregation ashes and telling these folks who have been alone for so many months Mm. to put ashes on themselves as they're alone to remember their mortality. Wow. Um, It just feels so lonely. And, um, it's not a, a pastoral response. Um, and so I think it's important for us to put ourselves into, uh, the shoes and the situations of where people are to, to really think through that ritual and maybe even do it ourselves to really see how that feels, uh, and think about individuals as we're, we're, we're thinking of those things. Uh, so for, for homebound folks and other folks, we're talking about, um, having our congregational care pastor come up with this idea and I love it, um, but gifting them, um, a little plant, a potted plant that has mm. dirt in it, but that you can also see that life has come from this dirt. Mm. Um, so that connection of, of life coming from it um, is, is really a, a beautiful thing. So that's, that's part of what we're thinking about for Ash Wednesday currently. That's great. I love that, Shelley. And yeah, it makes me think of, you know, planting a bulb because I've seen in stores already that the bulbs that you're supposed to plant now so that they come up in two or three months, you know, and and just knowing that there's something in that pot, you might not see it yet, but something's happening underneath that dirt. And um, I love what you said about, you know, the ordinary, the dirt, the dust. Um, It, it does make us remember that um, that we're part of all of creation and that all of it works together. And even in this really difficult time that we're in now, there's still hope. And I think that's what we're trying to, to instill right now, even in the Ash Wednesday service that starts us into this, this um, period of time where we're more introspective and reflective is that never forget that there's the hope that is still there because Easter will come. <laughs> right. Yeah. And even the and there's something, go ahead. sorry, there's something about dust too, as much as we kind of don't like it in our houses and don't like it on our floors. Yeah. It's the same stuff that God scooped up in Genesis and, and breathed life into. And, you know, it's special. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ordinary and it's special. So and God might look it. at the dust in my house differently now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, just leave it. Just leave it. It's okay. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. Yeah. One one of my professors in seminary said, you know, remember that you are dust, but also remember that God remembers. Casey Tomey was his name. Remember that God remembers that you are dust and that God loves dust no matter how messy it is. Mm. And I think that that's an important thing for, and I'm hearing that differently this year, you know? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, and that is something that this time has afforded us to to look at things differently. Well, I wanted to I say think- something while you were talking um, about you know having the plant and all. Um, as, as many of us, um, because we're worshiping at home, um, have an area that we call an altar or or you know a worship space. 
a worship chair, if you will. And I know when I when we start watching um, online worship, I'll bring out my candle and um, and you know just sort of set the space. So thinking about um, Lent and perhaps putting together something at our dining room table or again by a window or something that reminds us we're in this Lenten period. Um, you know, having a potted plant or having a bulb in a, in dirt, you know, as it's going to start to come up, what are some other, I mean, a candle, of course, I always have to have a candle. What are some other things that we could have if we had a worship area that we could um, help us think about Lent? I always think it's important to have a Bible around. I know it sounds obvious, but a lot of us do use, use our phones as, as our Bible nowadays, but I actually think it's time for, this would be a good time to have a physical Bible um, sitting there uh, as a reminder that that this is about the word of God Mm -hmm. um, and, and the living word of God and an emphasis on living this, this season in particular. I think all of these images of life are going to be really essential that we we focus on the resurrection and where we're we're heading the promise and the hope so Mm. seeds and bulbs and the living word uh, are all very good images to draw from this year yes i agree yeah i love the where you can put water in a vase and then put a floating candle on top Mm -hmm. so that you have again the elements that Mm -hmm. uh, ground us so much and so we have dirt and we have water and we have fire and of course air. Um, yeah, I think those are all, those all really help us um, feel rooted and connected. I think uh, it's an important time too, also to mention, Diana, this is an obvious for you with your background, but um, singing. And, mm-hmm. and I always wonder during worship services, are people really actually singing at home? And, and um, especially with us being Methodist and a singing people, I think it's so essential, um, you know, that, that we give it our best. And I, I know we may not have the best voice or anything like that, but, and that's part of our air, right? But that singing is so rooted in worship for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would encourage people, if you, if you have adopted a practice in during these last 10 months of just sitting and watching worship that maybe your Lenten promise is to sing. Um, And I think people will find a a huge benefit to that. I love that. That's a, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking again about that worship space that you might create having some Bible verses there, if not the whole Bible, but maybe some Mm -hmm. Bible verses you can pick up and kind of rotate through maybe a couple of hymns, um, mm-hmm. so having a hymnal there. Um, yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, those are family friendly kind of ideas too, yeah. where you can even have strips of paper that have a real short verse that children can read before dinner or, at, you know, before they go to bed, things like that. Do you mm-hmm. have any other ideas, Shelly? Have you, um, I, I think I've, I've wondered about having, um, one of the things that I love is we do use our bodies in worship. Um, and I think we forget that, especially when we're at home. Mm. Um, you know, we, we come in and we, uh, we stand up and we sit down and we move our arms and we, you know, remember when we greeted one another and passed the peace and went all around <laughs> the sanctuary and all of that. Vaguely. 
And, and I, vaguely, but, but I do think that we're missing a little bit of our, our body movement uh, during worship. And I would love our children's directors actually doing some of that this week in her children's time is getting us in our bodies during worship um, and getting us to, to stand this week is we're talking about courage and uh, getting us to, to, to really stand up and get our bodies moving some during that time. And I think uh, it can become uh very similar us watching a program on TV or some yeah. streaming service and not seeing a difference between, you know, this, this screen, and it may even be the same screen that you're worshiping on and the, that you are consuming some kind of entertainment. Um, and so somehow getting our bodies in it, uh, standing, moving around, having it in a different space than you would, um, you know, be watching something so that you can participate, I think is important. And just like singing, you know, saying prayers aloud and having, mm -hmm. um, having prayers that you, you really do, um, do use aloud, I think is important. Well, and like you were saying, using your bodies, that makes me think of body prayer, you know, so mm -hmm. as, as you're praying as a family, just invite one of the kids or the, one of the youth how would you use your hands and your body to express this prayer yes. and then it an activity that the whole family um, takes part in? I love that. I think that's, that's really great. Yeah. We we've got to do more to get engaged. I think the more, the most that we do at this point, if you're like me is um, the online um, uh, exercises that we do, you know, it's like, if I do that for my, exercise program I should be able to do that for a worship experience sure. right? yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> oh, goodness well I, one other thing I'd like to bring up is um so what are y'all thinking in terms of uh create I, I know around um Lent and and Advent there's generally book studies mm -hmm. there's generally something that sort of helps us all focus are you all doing online book studies? How have you been successful with that? Do you have any tips for people on how, how to break up groups or how to get them engaged in, in their continued study, their discipleship? Because that that we all need that at this point. Yeah, you know, it's funny, we we sort of slowly <laughs> realized, at least at our church, that this was going to be a long term thing. We didn't get quite as quickly to where she I don't know if it was denial or what it was. And um, we were in the middle of a Lenten study when when we went uh, to online originally. Uh -huh. And um, and so we finished that using Zoom. And then I, I did lead a, a summer study and an Advent study. That's sort of my practice as a pastor is to try and lead an Advent study, a Lent study and a summer study. Mm -hmm. um, and slowly it, towards summer was when we started to see our small groups realize, oh, this is for the long haul. And so they started getting into the Zoom as well, where before they hadn't been. So um, we've slowly, our Sunday school classes picked back up. And um, so so that's was our trajectory. And we intend on, um, I intend on leaving, leading, leaving, <laughs> leading another Linton study. Um, I was just laughing with somebody this morning that here we go again, <laughs> right back into Lent. And um, so, so I'll be doing that. And, um, and I think that the other small groups will continue as well. Um, 
in engaging people as much as we can. And again, the Lenten study, the Advent study I did, I had people from Massachusetts who joined in on that. And, um, uh, another pastor in Austin who just wanted to uh, something not with her church, but with another church in the study. The DS has talked to me about joining our Lenten study. So um, it, it, it's interesting to me that these opportunities have opened up mm-hmm. where they wouldn't have before. You know, God can take anything and make it good. I'm convinced. Amen. Yeah. And I think we're also going, I'm, I know I'm supposed to be somewhere this evening, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> for all those meetings and, and studies that we used to go to all the time, it's yeah. not kind of like, I really don't need, maybe I need to join a study because I feel like <laughs> yeah. that muscle is getting a little atrophied there. What about you, yeah. Shelly? Because I know you deal a lot with youth. Yeah, well, we've um, we've kept up with, with youth, particularly, we've kept up doing youth group every single Sunday night. Wow. Um, that's been a, uh, I know that's been a touchstone uh, for several of our youth every week to come in and we do something fun. And uh, I also make sure somehow we tie in uh, a devotional and we always have Christ candle where people can bring up joys and concerns and what's mm-hmm. going on in their world. And um, so that has been one of those just routine things that we've been very intentional about keeping um, with adults, we've been doing, um, various book studies. I want to say, I think the first one that we picked up post pandemic was probably about where you were, Lisa, about July, we thought, okay, we really do have to step into online. Um, even though folks were, were wary and thinking any day now we're going to be able to schedule in-person things. Um, but I've been amazed with how some of the online things have picked up and, um, how folks, even folks that uh, that live in town are saying it is so much easier for them to engage mm-hmm. online than trying to travel to the church and all of that. So we're thinking about how how do we incorporate that from from here on out as well? Um, mm-hmm. because we know that there are families that um, and and those, you know, in the workforce that uh, it's, it's just so helpful for them to be able to engage online. Um, so, so that's been a thing we, for, uh, for Lent, we're, we're picking up a couple things. We're in the middle of, um, an exploring anti-racism through podcasts study, which has, yeah. uh, been really neat to have. We, we, in the fall, we heard from some folks, I just don't have the focus to be able to read a book right now and wrestle with it, but I can listen to stuff and I can go outside and walk and listen to a podcast. So, uh, we're, we're doing a, it's actually our second, uh, exploring anti-racism through podcast studies. So we're doing that right now. Um, we are missing some of the fellowship opportunities that we used to have. Um, so on Thursday nights during Lent, we're doing kind of a Lenten dinners, via zoom <laughs> we'll do a, a anybody that wants to jump on uh to our zoom uh someone will lead a, a devotional and um then we'll split into small groups for people to be able to talk about different things and to connect with one another and catch up we want to make sure that that's accessible uh for anyone for families with kids that are chasing them around at the dinner table or for those who um you know have all the time at home that they could possibly want in this moment. Um, so we're trying to make that really intergenerational. Um, and then for Holy week, um, we're making a a kit, um, 
that walks through the story um, leading up to, you know, going into Jerusalem and 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 all of that uh, Monday Thursday story and um, Good Friday. And so what what we're asking folks to do is make kind of what what you were talking about with Lent, having a, a worship space, and we're calling it a centerpiece where we have a candle that's there. And um, every day during that week, they either add something or take something away as part of the telling that story. So Palm Sunday, it'll be adding, you know, greenery while they talk about uh, the entry into Jerusalem and, um, you know, having water that we associate with the washing of feet and having uh, oil um, and and perfume and smells, you know, with uh, the the anointing, uh, things like that. Um, so, and then Good Friday, taking it, taking it all away and, and what's left and talking about the seed and having soil there anyways. So we're, we're talking about, about that now and figuring out what we do with that, but that we're really hoping to make an intergenerational tactile interactive thing. Uh, we did a similar thing for all of Advent, um, where every week when you lit your candle, um, there were reflection questions and activities you could do no matter what age, no matter whether you were intentionally uh, journaling as an individual about the reflection questions or whether it was a conversation with a family at our dinner table. Um, and that was so well received. Um, we're continuing that format actually in a weekly thing um, that we're calling Bread for Our Journey. Uh, where we take the scripture that is being preached on that day and, and question, reflection questions from, from our preacher that week, um, and uh, then, then putting some activities that are intergenerational, um, some uh, poetry or a, uh, a video that gives some other in-depth to that part of the Bible or that story or that concept that it's introducing. Um, and it's, it, it changes each week um, just with what materials we find and what we're inspired by. Um, but we, we put that together and email that out weekly to folks so that, and, and we have Sunday school teachers that are using it and small group mm -hmm. leaders that are using it because it's something that's accessible that we find that parents can do with their children. Mm -hmm. And also adults can do in a small group, with very little preparation. Uh, and we love that it ties in with uh, what's, being talked about in worship that day. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's something we, we just started with the new year because the advent format of the advent kits, um, was really well received. Um, so that's what we're doing only for Holy week, uh, as a kit, but, but every week as, um, as something we're, we're finding that people, and, and I keep getting questions from folks about doing something that is, um, right now during this time, something that they can take either at a 15 minute, like more shallow skid across the pond. Like I want to be, I want to be in this and I want to stay connected to it. Um, but I have limitations right now. And other folks who are saying, I, I want and need a deep dive. And so mm. trying to meet people where they are, yeah. um, and all that is interesting. So that's what we're, we're trying to offer, you know, the, that myriad of, of mm -hmm. ways right now. Well, and, and that's interesting. And in the, Oh, no, go sorry. Ahead, in the last few years, there's been so much discussion about faith formation and a return to the idea that faith formation happens in the home, yes. uh, especially with children and, and how yes. formative parents are. Because, you know, churches, we get them one, maybe two hours a week and that's it. Most yeah. of the time you're at home. And so now we have that. And it's almost like it's been forced for us to 
to rethink how this is going to work in a very fast time. And um, I, I actually think there, again, there, I, I don't want to be the, the one who's always glossing over, but I think there are real positives that we can take out of this time. Um, so in, in a little bit different vein than, than uh, Shelly, I'm for, for Holy Week trying to come up with um, a plan based on something I had done with a friend at the Boston Museum of Fine Arts using um, artwork and, and taking people through the, the events of Holy Week using, when we did it at the Boston Museum of Fine Arts, they had a, a card with um, QV codes. And so uh, they would go to, we would say, go to this painting on the fifth floor <laughs> and they would stand in front of it. And then with their phone, take the QV code and, and listen to whatever we had to say about the painting and the scripture. And, um, and that was very well received. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to rejigger that for, for the home. Um, and make that sort of interactive. So many of the art museums, you can just go to them online now um, since they're not open. So I was thinking I would take advantage of that, but I haven't fully formed that one. Let's talk after this and build (laughs) together. That's so cool. (laughs) That is so cool. And then send me what you do so I can put it up on our website. Yeah, there we go. I was going to say that's just going to take a little preparation going through thousands of pieces of art, <laughs> but, but that sounds fabulous. Yeah, you have to be decisive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one, that one, that one. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, again, I'm just so amazed at um, women in ministry like you two and, and everyone who's out there trying to do the very best that they can in such a weird time. And cause we haven't done this before and, um, and just doing such neat things. And I, I firmly believe, you know, there's no going back to the way things were because we've set some new expectations um, as you were saying about, you know, being able to, to offer classes that people don't have to drive to. And I know a lot, at, lots of times people can't go to evening class cause they can't drive in the dark. Um, and other limitations. And so now it's like, oh, okay, well, we need that to add that to the the list of things that we offer at our churches. So yeah, it's a it's a really wonderful time. And I appreciate you both so much and all you do for your community and for the for the wider church. Um, I'm gonna start wrapping this up now. We've we've been talking for a little while. <laughs> and I do want to point out that. Uh, for those of you that are listening, we do have an article on the Discipleship Ministries website called Tips for Ash Wednesday During COVID-19. And we put that up on our website last week that gives you some scenarios and some ideas on how to do imposition safely um, that doesn't involve a pool cue. That's a kind of a funny thing that is on social media right now. Um, <laughs> but um so go there and look look at that um, for more information and ideas. I want to thank Lisa and Shelley for joining me today. And um, if people wanted to contact you guys um, for some more ideas or something that you might have mentioned, do you want to give them your information? Sure. sure. Uh, you can reach me at, at Beauty UMC by um, email pastorlisa at beautyumc.org. Okay. Yeah. And you can contact me, Shelly at Shelly. It's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y at St. John's Austin.org. It's S-T-J-O-H-N-S Austin.org. 
And I will try to put that on the, in the notes that goes up with the podcast so that it should be there. If you're uh, accessing the podcast, you should probably see that their emails there. Um, again, thank you all for joining us today. And we, um, we hope this has been helpful to you and always look on our website for more information. So until next time, we'll be praying for and with you and your congregation. May God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples for the transformation of the world. Bye everyone. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.